This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's Sparky Sparky Pfeiffer, 1250 AM, The Fan in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin, along with our guy, Nathan Marzian. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzian. Being joined to uh, start off the show by a special guest, my guy, Brandon Sprague of Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. Day mornings out in Portland. Follow him on Twitter at Brandon Sprague as well. And uh, thanks for coming on, dude. Appreciate it. Hey, Steve, Nathan, thanks for having me on, man. I'm excited to talk some basketball. I know you guys got a much different situation over in Milwaukee than we have over here in Portland, but uh, let's dive into everything. We do. We got we, we got a more stable situation, I feel like. And you guys are kind of stable, too. You guys are going into full rebuild, obviously. So there, the path has been kind of laid for you all. But there's this one guy named Damian Lillard that's kind of holding the whole thing up uh, for everybody. I want the fan perspective. So take me back the last couple of years uh, as far as how fans love Damian Lillard, how they view him, uh, and then obviously the national media trying to tell him that he should leave for the last couple of years and kind of what led up to where we are. Yeah, I think, you know, in a lot of ways, I think you guys can maybe identify with the national media narrative stuff as well uh, as Portland fan of just get the guy out of the smaller market, drive him to the bigger city. Hey, that small market's not doing enough for you. It's been constant for a decade. It's, It's quite annoying to wake up every other day and Kendrick Perkins or Stephen A. Smith has traded him to the Knicks again for, oh, yeah. you know, a bag of peanuts. I, I think where all of it sits today is I think fans have finally come to acceptance. I think fans are ready for the next iteration of the Blazers, the Scoot, the Shaden Sharp, uh, and what that's going to be. But it's it's been a real mixed bag of emotions here, man. Like, he really preached loyalty. And he really lived it too. Like that dude is as connected to this community as any player has ever been. And I would say even more so he's doing programs with a lot of, um, a lot of lower level financial school systems, kids that really need guidance, need mentorship. He's created this program. He's built a big mansion in one of our Portland Metro towns. Like his whole family lives here. His brother's coaching high school football. Oh wow! He's got cousins and, and, you know, his wife, they have businesses here. He's invested in restaurants. He's really here. Like, it's not just he says it publicly. The dude really has been loyal. And it's not a questioning of loyalty anymore. Like, fans didn't view the trade request as, oh, he's not loyal. I think fans, at least for me and people that I know, the writing was on the wall when they used the third pick. Like, when you draft a 19-year-old point guard, what do you expect the 33-year-old point guard to think about that? It was a clear rebuild. And they dressed it up as as something different. And I think that's the disappointing thing is the franchise is getting these young, talented dudes. But the whole time, despite even drafting them, they're telling us 
this is win now, win now. We're trying to build with Dame. And then he requests the trade. And now they're still telling us that they're going to win now very soon, which imagine you guys and anybody in your life, they ask you to take the trash out and you'll say, oh, I'll do it now very soon. And then you tell me how they would take that answer. Sparky, as I hear him talk, I'm thinking of, you know, some some correlations and some way we can connect this to to Wisconsin sports. And there's a very clear one to me. You got the the old, not old, but aging star that they draft his replacement. And you got, you know, fans are kind of ready for the next iteration. They're a little bit growing. I mean, not that people dislike Damian Lillard, but growing a little bit tired of the whole thing. And just like, we're ready for a restart. Reminds me of the Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love. Yeah, we can we can definitely relate in that sense of you know Packer fans were kind of just for the last couple of years. It's like, is this the last dance with Rodgers? Is he going to leave? Are they staying? Or you know what's going on? And I think this season people finally just got to the point of all right, we are ready for the Jordan Love era. We're ready to move forward with someone new. It's no matter what happens. Like obviously it'll be sad. You know it's sad to see Rodgers go. I'm sure it'll be sad if if Willard gets traded to see him go. But you're just like I. Even if it doesn't work out, even if it ne- like we never end up getting any better than we are right now, it's just we want to see something different. We were ready for that new, new like next step to be taken, um, and, and just to go into a rebuild and, and have a fresh start. So, is that how you're feeling as well? Are you just of the kind of like just ready to get a, a fresh start going here? Yeah, I mean, I I think Nathan, you hit the nail on the head in terms of the comp. It's one that actually most of all the media here has used. It's the Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers, right? It's like, hey, they need a wide receiver. They get an elite one, and there's a lot in this draft. The Packers take the next step, and they draft a quarterback, and you go, what? <laughs> right? It's the first like, wait, they're not doing the thing they need to do while they have the guy. I I, I don't even know if it's necessarily. Um, I think after that, it's where it separates. Rodgers, for different reasons I don't need to explain to you guys, he's done things to separate fans, and he's done things that are controversial. He's been polarizing in ways. We don't really have that. I I think the most polarizing thing for us is more that the team just never took a swing. Like, the dude lost the Marcus Aldridge for nothing, by the way, and they rebuilt with C.J. McCollum. That clearly was never going to be a thing that won them a title. For some reason, the organization and Neil Olshay, the former general manager, didn't seem to, to view it that way. And then he gets fired. In comes the general manager who had been with the organization since 06 and saw LaMarcus Aldridge get drafted, comes in and says, we're going to win with Dame. It's a top 75 player. And they never did it. And I, I think that's the frustrating thing here. It's like, we are ready for Scoot and Shaden. But a lot of us are still sitting in the the frustrated, why did you mislead us and kind of lie to us? And and I think their big turning point was the seventh pick of the draft last year. Uh, they took Shaden Sharp. It's the seventh pick, man. Shaden might hit. He seems like he's a great player. But if you're not willing to trade seven, you damn sure ain't trading three. And so I think the writing's been on the wall and the organization doesn't want to be on the hook as we're the ones that told him he has to leave. They would have preferred Dame. I want to bounce. And so the messaging has been just crossed all kinds of different ways and they have not handled it very well. So it's, it's the great, it's a great comp, but then where it separates is there is 0% of people here like blaming Dame or being tired of watching Dame play basketball. Just the organization has steered us into this direction and you know, they're, they're always going to pick laundry over the back of the Jersey. So that's kind of how it ends up going in sports. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely, 
yeah, I, Damon Rogers are definitely like Damon is, I think, a lot more likable at this moment in Portland than Rogers is in, in Wisconsin. But I, I do think also that, you know, you talking about the organization not really taking a swing. I think that is also something that the Packers didn't really do when they had Rogers for, you know, the last five ish years of his, of his, you know, Packers tenure here. And it was kind of like, okay, you know, we, we have a chance to go out and maybe get a receiver here and they didn't do it. And we just have a chance to, to get one more weapon for him and get a guy. And they were always just kind of like, eh, we think we're good enough. And they, they obviously were closer to being a championship team than the Blazers are now, but it was kind of that thing of just, you have your guy right now and you know, you have, you really should be doing everything you can to put as good a team around him as possible. And it didn't feel like the Packers always did that. It felt like they were kind of trying to, you know, think about the future too, and think about, you know, they just were a little conservative in their approach. So I think that also relates a little bit. I just wanted to quick ask about the package that is reported leaving, you know, the, the Miami package, I guess. Do you think the Miami package of Hero, you know, Nikola Jovich, maybe Jaime Jaquez, some picks, is that, you know, do you view that as that's about the bare minimum for Dame? Do you view it as, you know, it's okay, it's good? I, I've heard mixed reviews on it from, from people, and I kind of want to hear a Blazers fan opinion on it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think it's interesting to think about, you know, Jovich. This is an organization right now, the way they're structured. They hired Mike Schmitz from ESPN. Schmitz comes in. He easily identifies young talent with high ceilings. He's a high ceiling guy. And I, 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 a lot of guys in the league say that. But I think they genuinely believe in building through draft. Whereas, like, you guys in Milwaukee, you're Milwaukee, man. Like, Nobody thought about that organization until Giannis comes and then they go, hey, we're trading three first and we're getting Drew Holiday, right? They make that necessary move that gets them a title. Portland's never viewed it that way. Not since Bob Witsit, you know, ran this ship back in the early 2000s, late 90s. And they called him Trader Bob. They haven't had anybody like that since. And so what I get from this front office staff is they want to build through draft. Jovich and Jaime Jaquez, which by the way, I've been saying this for weeks, Hawkes has to be in this trade. Agreed. I, I'm not saying Hawkes is going to be this all-world guy, but when I watched the Denver Nuggets win a championship, right, you can't duplicate getting the case, the big case Cerrito in the second round, but what you can duplicate is how do you make a complete team? How do you give your team the best shot to fill all the holes you're going to need along the way to go win a title? Hawkes to me, is a Pac-12 guy. I watched a lot of him at UCLA. He's good size. He can handle the rock a little bit. He's just kind of a good in-between player for when you have perimeter-based guys, and they do. They have Shaden and Scoot. 
So he has to be in that trade. That package particular is getting absolutely canned out here. Like I can tell you unequivocally, 99.9% .9 of the fan base is they're, they're disgusted by that trade package. Now, me personally, I think the Philly package is worse. It's like, you want to give me Tobias Harris? Uh, okay, I don't know why he'd make sense here. You want to give me Tyrese Maxey, who I really like as a basketball fan, but like you just drafted Scoot. You still have Anthony Simons. That doesn't make any sense. And they have like one pick. And that pick's not going to be good because they have Joel Embiid. So like the Philly deal, no. I don't understand why Brooklyn would give us Claxton. They're a young upstart rebuilding team. Why would you not keep your athletic big? Um, who's another team? Utah doesn't really make sense for the timeline. He also doesn't want to play in Salt Lake City. And San Antonio, to me, has never made sense. You just started with Wimby. Like, go young, see who you have asset-wise. It's what's limiting their situation is Miami and Miami only. Because that's been reported, it feels like out here in Portland, they're making us take that package. Now, Joe Cronin hasn't agreed to it. And I still think, personally, they're going to kind of end up with that, except they want to reroute Tyler Hero. And so Brooklyn or San Antonio – you reroute them to Utah. I think got reported yesterday by Shams. Reroute them somewhere else because you don't need that position. And get an additional first-round pick. Get Miami to unlock the OKC pick, even though it's not going to be good in 2024. That would give you 2024, 2028, 2030, two pick swaps. You take on a salary just because you got to Hakez, Jovic, and an additional first-round pick from whatever team reroutes Tyler Hero. Like, you're not trading Kevin Durant right now. I love Dame. I love Dame as much as anybody in the league. He's going to be 33 and he's making $60 million in like two and a half, three years. Like that's not an easy thing to deal. And not every team is equipped with the assets to give you a Kevin Durant like Hall that just doesn't exist on the market. And so I think the tea leaves are telling us that Miami deal is going to do it. I just think Joe Cronin and the Blazers are waiting for that Tyler Hero reroute to get them an additional first round pick before they agree to it. Talking with Brandon Sprague, Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. Also, you can hear him on 1250 AM The Fan on the weekends when we have BetQL programming Back to the Future uh, with Brandon Sprague uh, as well. I, you mentioned a team in passing, and I saw somebody else bring it up on social media the other day. Why not the Thunder? The Thunder have like 35 picks or whatever in the next seven years, like 15 first-round picks. They got a super young team. Lillard mm -hmm. could play the point. Shea could play off guard at the two guard if you want to do it that way they've got more than enough talent to package with some of these ones if, if they want to do that josh giddy and three ones or whatever else you want to do they make all the sense in the world now again i would assume cronin's called everybody in the league trying to figure out who he could possibly ship lillard to other than miami uh, but that would make sense because if lillard doesn't want to go to a super team quote unquote uh and wants to be a piece uh, of a team that's trying to get over the hump uh, and win that Oklahoma City Thunder team is really talented, really young, and with his veteran leadership, with Shea in the background and the in the backcourt. I mean, that's going to be as good as any backcourt in the league. I I would kind of disagree. Now, I I don't disagree with the assets are clearly there. I mean, I don't even know how many draft picks do they have. Thirty eight. I mean, thirty five. I think, I think the actually, next seven I, years or something. Like I think that. it's I think it's like eighty six. So yeah, that is, they just, just, just traded for five more as we were talking. <laughs> Every time they make a trade, they like they rerouted Patty Mills and somehow got like two additional second round picks. Yep. Like, how does how do you do this? I, where I would disagree is it's not an asset problem; it's a twofold situation. Dame doesn't want to go there, okay? And I know you could say the business says 
that be damned, right? You take right. your team, take the best deal. If if God forbid for you guys, Giannis ever demands out, you guys are probably going to sit like, yo, it's Giannis. This is a top 15 basketball player of all time. We're not just going to send him to, I don't know, insert blank team. It's a little different here. He's not going to command as big a haul, again, as some of the other players that have been moved recently. And there, there's just, whether you like it or not, the thing in this league is when these guys come out publicly, and I know he didn't say it himself, but his agent basically did, and the GM of the Blazers confirmed this in a press conference in Vegas, when they come out and basically say he only wants this team, you get other teams that back off because they're like, why am I giving up my valuable but assets? Who thinks he's going to stop playing? That's my thing. Well, so nobody. If I trade him to Philly, you're telling me dude's sure. not going to show up to play with Embiid and say, I'm retiring? No, he's not. No. He's going to play wherever you send him because he loves the game. He's not built that way. He is a Kevin Durant. If he had to come back and play, it'd be uncomfortable and weird. He'd do it because he lo- he truly loves basketball. What right. I'm saying, though, is to me, it's about more realistic contention for him. So right now, it's just Miami. You throw Philly out. Let's say Philly gets a package with Harden, the Clippers. And I don't know, insert another team to make the assets make sense for Portland. I would be willing to bet a large sum of money. He would go there. He would be happy and he would play. And by the way, Joel Embiid and Dame would be a lethal combination. Absolutely. But if you're talking about OKC specifically, I would challenge more the fit, right? Their timeline is we're playing. And now are we the Kings or the Grizzlies? Are we taking the step? I think they have the talent to do it. I'm picking them to be fifth in the West this year. Chet's been awesome in summer league. You mentioned they have young Williams, Giddy. I wouldn't want to get rid of Giddy. I think Giddy and SGA actually work really well together. Mm-hmm. And SGA is an all NBA guy. Like I don't see a world where SGA and Dame make a ton of sense. Dame is not an off ball guard. Right. I don't know how many people think that he can do it. He can't, man. He's not capable. He's tried. It doesn't work. So you're going to take the ball out of SGA's hands. And you're going to give it to the 33-year-old guy who's efficient offensively but plays zero defense. I mean, zero defense. I just don't know why OKC does that. I think they're storing their assets for like a four or like obviously an organizationally changing three. I think they're biding their time. I just don't know if Dame's the move for them. Fair enough. All right, so prediction time. How does this all play out? Does he end up starting the season with the Trailblazers and Cronin plays hardball mm. and waits the trade deadline? Does he get moved before the season? Does it end up being Miami? How do we how do we see this happening? So the last press conference Joe Cronin gave in talking about this, I thought you could read a lot of tea leaves things. That's kind of what you have to do with the league. You guys know that. Yep. Woj, Zach Lowe now, he's calling this Miami package palatable. He called yeah. it not very good like a month ago, and now it's palatable. I think what you're learning from those guys is there there isn't a deal. There's not these rush of teams figuring out what deal to make. Now, maybe Philly and Maury get creative with the Clippers. Maybe that's the deal, right? But until we see any inkling that that's happening, I think this is ultimately going to end with Miami wanting to get Damon, you know, get in Miami well before camp. So, like, into August. And I think Portland if you were to give him true serum would say, we don't want to have a media day where we have 33 year old Dame who's requested a trade BSing about being here still. And, you know, mentoring while that's not really going to happen and scoot and shade and have to answer questions about what's it going to be like to have this guy still here. I think they want to avoid that at all costs. I would be willing to bet a small margin because not a large margin in the NBA. This ends with Dame going to Miami, Miami unlocking the OKC pick. 
doing two pick swaps and the 28 and 30 pick, which by the way, I think are more valuable than a lot of people here. Riley's damn near 80. He's not going to be doing that team stuff in these eight late eighties. And I don't know if Spolster is a team builder. He's a great coach. I don't know if he's a team builder. So those could be good assets in two or three years. And then I think Utah, I think Utah jumps in this thing. They've got a few picks. They don't give Portland the best pick they have, but they reroute one of their first round picks to Portland because it's Utah and Tyler Hero meets the criteria of Utah if you catch my drift. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And Danny Ainge loves to trade. So that makes Danny all Ainge the sense yes. in the whole wide world that that would work out. Hey, man, thanks so much for coming out. Always fun. Follow Brandon Sprague on Twitter at Brandon Sprague. And of course, he is host of Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan and Back to the Futures on the BetQL Radio Network on the weekends, which you can hear here on 1250 AM The Fan. Thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Can I ask you a quick question yeah. before you cut me loose real quick? What's your read on the Bucks guy getting out of the ownership thing and how that makes you guys feel out there? I'm just curious. Uh, well, him and his kid both out. Um, it doesn't bother me really all that much. What bothers me is Jimmy freaking Haslam being involved in the ownership group. Like, that's what really bothers me and pisses me off. I, I didn't want anything to do with that dude coming from the Browns. I've seen all that crap. Don't need yeah. him. Um, I'm not all that surprised because I don't think Lazary ever wanted to get into the repeater tax and all of this. I think he was against all of that. He knows Giannis's deal is up in a couple of years and the way they have this lined up, this whole thing is up in a couple of years. Middleton, Lopez, Holiday, and Giannis. The window is two years. Then what? As he called it, somebody reported he called it thunderstorms or on the horizon or some BS. I don't know. Brian, that um, was Windhorse. Yeah, Windhorse, wind horse, whatever. I, I think, and I've been saying this for three or four years to people, I think he or Edens and one of the other owners, maybe a couple of the other owners, eventually get out and end up getting in with the Knicks uh, and buying Dolan out at some point. And that's how this whole thing ends, I think, at the end of the day. Because these are all New York guys. They brought a bunch of dudes from Madison Square Garden, like Peter Fagan, who I love to death. He was at Madison Square Garden. A bunch of people under him came from New York, uh, and they're all living here. But the, the one thing is this. Lazary never lived here. Edens never lived here. Still in New York. Alex lived here and and ran for political office and lost. Uh, so you you have that uh, doesn't really affect me that that he left one way or the other. I mean, he got his fame, got to play in the NBA uh, All Star Celebrity Game a couple of times, and got to jet around tell his friends that he knew Giannis and got him bring him to games. Mm -hmm. Got a championship ring. So from that aspect, Bucks fans will always be down with this ownership group, no matter how this whole thing ends, because they got a championship. They got a brand new arena. They have what they call the Deer District down there with bars and everything else around there. Mm -hmm. Without that arena and without the vision of this ownership group, downtown is probably still stuck 30 years behind the times uh, if it wasn't for these guys trying to reimagine and trying to build Milwaukee up. And since they came, everything has been changing downtown for the better, may I add, since they showed up. So hard to be mad or bitter about the fact that he got out. Well, Nathan yeah. and Sparky, I just wanted to tell you guys, like, genuinely mean this. I know it's a it's a sport where we're all going on our own shows and we're like, yo, I want to take that town's best guy and I want that city to lose their player. I genuinely hope 
You guys never lose Giannis. He is my favorite player in the NBA. I was so happy for you guys to see them win a championship. And I just, I hate the national speculation already with the Giannis crap. Good luck with that. I'm sure it's going to be annoying as all hell, but I'm rooting like uh, like hell for you guys to keep him because I think it's I think it's a great story what he's doing in Milwaukee. I lied. I've hey. got a question. Okay. Why don't I ever hear Portland brought up in MLB expansion? Oh, you don't hear that? You haven't heard what's going on? Everybody keeps telling. Everything I hear from people uh, is Nashville's getting a team, uh, oh. and that's all but a done deal. And then they want to uh, – obviously, they got the ace to Vegas, so they got that done. But I keep hearing yeah. Nashville. I haven't heard anything about Portland necessarily. So right before COVID, I want to say it was like 2018, 2019-ish, we had a group pop up called the Portland Diamond Project because we, okay. we tried to get the Na the Expos years ago, and we, we lost to the D.C. market. And this group is supposedly – this is everything they've told us. They're – Backed plenty financially. They've got these billionaire owners waiting in the wings. Who are they? They won't tell us. But they started this big push in this campaign. We're going to bring baseball to Portland. Everybody here would love to have baseball. We'd love to have another pro sport. It's We are a minor league town. And as a radio host, it pisses me off. But I we want a baseball team. They are struggling right now because they can't find a lot for a stadium. They wanted to do the city. It was going to cost way too much money. But there's been a recent resurgence. We have a mall near downtown called Lloyd Center. It's empty. You go in there, there's like five stores in the whole thing. It is a massive mall. They basically want to buy that plot. They want to mow it down. Um, they want to clear out the whole area, and they want to build a ballpark. It's right next to a, Mac, a, a mass transit out here called Max, just a rail Perfect. system. And that's their goal. The A's going to Vegas was huge. It's huge if we got a chance because they're going to need a West Coast-based team. A's going to Vegas. They're going to expand. And right now, it boils down to if we get our ass together, it's between us and Salt Lake. And I've talked to somebody that I would trust that's kind of a part of this group. And they, they've they laid out that, like, hey, you know, there's a wink and a nod from Rob Manfred about Portland. Like, you got Ooh. Seattle. You'd have Portland. You'd have another West Coast hub. And I do think the city and the surrounding area would generally support it. We just need to find a stadium section and we need to get the A's to Vegas as soon as possible. They need to announce expansion and we need to get everything going. But we haven't heard much lately outside of some local stuff here. There's a group here and they're trying like hell to bring baseball to Portland. Be huge for Sports Talk Radio out there to have uh, an MLB team to talk about for six, eight months out of the year mm -hmm. in between basketball being done for y'all. That would be huge. I hope y'all get it. That would be great. Brian, yeah. thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it, buddy. And uh, take care of yourself. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you, you Brian. There he is, Brian Sprague again. Check him out. Uh, Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan uh, out there in Portland. Follow him on Twitter at Brandon Sprague. All right, let's uh, move on here to uh, some more uh, Milwaukee Bucks conversation. It wasn't really a Twitter poll question per se that Nathan uh, Marzian put up uh, the other day, uh, but I like it uh, nonetheless. Uh, so uh, I want to get into it a little bit. It was an open-ended question. That's why it's technically not a poll question per se, but I figured we could uh, get into it because I loved some of the answers. So the poll question that Marzian uh, put out the other day at Nathan Marzian on Twitter, if uh, you don't follow him, and how do you not follow him at this point? You should. Everybody should be following Nathan Marzian. He's always got some... Uh, intriguing uh, content put up minus the basketball video. Uh, you can add any non all-star level player. Nathan Marzian wrote to the bucks, someone who won't realistically be an all-star next season. Who are you adding? And of course, somebody says Webinyama. Okay, funny. Uh, 
Marzian, I, I don't think I saw an answer from you per se. I probably missed it. Uh, who, who, who is your guy that, that you would like to add? Non-all-star. Now, you, you made that very clear. Non-all-star. He can be on another team, right? You didn't say he couldn't be on another team. Uh, so who do you like? Yeah, ideally, ideally they are on another team. And um, I did give my answer yesterday. It is OG Ananobi. That is my guy. That is you the brought Bucks him could up have, on the podcast. Yeah, the Bucks could have drafted him in 2017 and instead took the, you know, the great DJ Wilson. So we got a we got a great pick out of that anyway. No, I'm just kidding. But it was I, he just the perfect role player to me, or the perfect like even a little bit better than a role player of he can he averages like 16 a game. He shoots close to 40 percent from three. He's a great defender, like an all NBA level defender and, you know, athletic, long, all of that. I just think he checks almost every box. Now, the only thing that he doesn't really check that they could use is the ball handling part. But I don't know. There's no there's not really a guy out there that I'm like, I really want that guy as my ball handler that isn't, you know, an all star caliber player. So I'm for me, it's OG. I I love the dude. I, I went through some of these answers uh bridges come on guys i mean stop i mean he's an all-star yeah he he he's definitely same with same with same with people with saying like brandon miller i'm like okay it it, i should have said no rookies because like obviously at some point brandon miller is expected to be his number two pick an all-star caliber player like i just kind of meant someone who just every year usually is not an all-star guy right so somewhat kind of a role player but maybe a higher level kind of role player that could come in here and kind of help this basketball team out a little bit uh, and move it forward. You know, it's funny because initially when I saw this, I immediately started thinking, okay, backup point guard. I would like a backup point guard to kind of come in here uh, and play. That'll be honest. And I can't stand the dude, Uh, but it was very intriguing. I saw multiple people say his name. Remember Powell? i I'm intrigued by Norman Powell. I know he's an older player. That's what we have, our old players, uh, for the most part. Uh, I So I know he's a little bit older, but Norman Powell in the playoffs, in big situations, shooting that three ball, can play a little bit of defense, can help you out. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued by the Norman Powell idea. And, and again, we're not saying they're going to make a trade for Norman Powell or make a trade for uh, Marzian's guy, uh, but that, that, that would be kind of intriguing to me uh, at this point uh, with with the roster they have. I, I was really surprised. You got a ton of reaction on this with all kinds uh, of answers. Tyus Jones, one of your guys, he was one of the answers. Jordan Clarkson, another guy was one of your answers. Christian Woods is still out there. And they went Robin Lopez instead of Christian Woods. I can't imagine Christian Woods ends up as a buck because you're talking about the last guy probably uh, at this point, I'm guessing they'll probably leave it open, maybe, um, and kind of just play with that throughout the year would be my guess. Maybe they'll they'll fill it out with whatever happens in training camp. Sam Decker, though, that's another one. Kind of intrigued by Sam Decker. We've talked about this before. That's a vet. That's a guy that can shoot the basketball, an experienced guy that can come in here and help out a little bit. But as far as I know, I haven't seen anybody talking about bringing Sam Decker to the NBA. It looks like he's going to be probably playing overseas another year, Nathan. Yeah, and as far as the last roster spot, I don't know. I'm like, it doesn't really matter to me at this point. I don't think that there's a great ball handling option out there to get. 
And I think if they are, if, if the Bucks are going to have a another, you know, capable ball handler in the playoffs at this point, it's going to have to happen through a trade at some point in the season. It's not going to be them just signing some free agent that, you know, it, it's just not going to happen. They're, the guy doesn't exist. So I don't really care what they do. I don't even care if they bring back Thanasis, like just for the whole, you know, keeping Giannis happy thing. I don't mind that because they have the one spot left. Um, so last pick, I don't really care. You mentioned as far as, you know, guys to put on this team, Norman Powell, he was kind of linked to the Bucks a little bit. And, you know, the Bucks have to give up, like, I think it would be, they could give up a couple of role players for him, but I don't think, you know, I don't think that team would do that, but he's definitely intriguing. And we know he's been a buck killer for his whole career. So, um, the Bucks actually did draft him fun fact in the second round and then they traded him, but other other kind of uh, ones that a lot of people were mentioning, um, you know, I I'm, I see Buddy Heald in here. I don't I, I don't think that's like a dream guy. I think okay, I'd be I'd like to have a shooting, but um, I don't know. He's not someone that I'm like. He'd essentially be your sixth guy off the bench, right? He'd be your sixth man instantaneously. Buddy Heald. Yeah, over Grayson yeah. Allen or Pat Connaughton. Yeah, I mean, I, his defense isn't anything to to go crazy for either though. Sure. Like I just, to me, I'm like, if you're adding Buddy Heald, I and think we have Beasley. Yeah. I, like honestly, Beasley for his contract and Buddy Heald for his, I will take Beasley yeah. as far as value. I mean, Agreed. Buddy Heald's a better shooter. Yes, but they're both bad defensively. And I think Beasley is a good enough shooter that he's, you know, for a minimum, it's like, okay, that's a very, very good deal. Uh, a couple of Jordan Clarkson's. I don't really like Jordan Clarkson. Someone said Garland. He's too good. Um, Jaden McDaniels is a pretty popular one. I wouldn't mind that. You know, he's kind of, kind of OG Ananobi-esque, but he's younger. You know, again, long, athletic defender. Um, I got to look up what he's shooting from three. But, yeah, he's he's an intriguing one just because of his youth. Oh. And he he was, yeah, he was, thir- I mean, he was 36, 31, now 40% from three last season. So last season he really turned up the three ball. I don't want to forget this. Eric Name of The Athletic will join us next Thursday night. Uh, for our podcast for Green and Growing. So next Thursday night, maybe we'll live stream it. Uh, the plan currently is 5.15 Central Time next Thursday night. So if you follow at Sparky Radio at 12.50 a.m. The Fan, if we decide to live stream it on Twitter, that's where it'll be. Regardless of if it's on Twitter or not, we always live stream these things uh, on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page every time we record the podcast. That's where it's at. And then obviously just stays on YouTube uh, from that point forward on the Odyssey Sports YouTube page. Um, I... I wanted to bring up one other thing and that is I know you're not a big summer league guy because I gave you the option of recording this when summer league game wasn't on and you're like ah record it during the summer league game okay fine so that's what we're doing you're playing right now the bucks but I saw one Nathan Marzian making googly eyes over some passing from Andre Jackson uh in the last summer game so Mr. Marzian we were pretty hard on Jackson can't shoot everything else but you uh, you starting to fall a little bit for uh, Mr. Jackson after a summer league game. By the way, they're down eighteen right now in the third. But yeah, whatever. um, no, I look, I've I said when they drafted him, I love Andre Jackson as an overall player. I do. I love his passing. I love his defense. I love everything he brings. Except he's just that bad of a shooter that I don't know how it can work. And so this isn't like nothing's changed. I mean, I I knew going in, I'm like, I want to see his passes. I want to see how he 
how he is as, as a defender, how he is setting screens and doing all those little things, athleticism, you know, throwing down dunks on the fast break. The only thing, you know, the only gripe we have is the shooting, and that still has been, you know, poor. And so, I, I mean, it's just, it's nice to see those passes happening on, you know, in, in summer league and just to see him see what he can bring as far as playmaking. So made some good passes. I think he just an overall has a great feel for the game. Again, those are the reasons I like, if he didn't have those things, if he wasn't a good passer or wasn't a good defender, I would hate the pick. Cause I'd be like, the guy can't shoot. The guy can't defend or the guy can't shoot. The guy can't pass. No, like there's a reason I still was okay. I'll, I'll give it a chance is because he was so good at those other things that I'm like, maybe they can make it work without the shooting. So, um, that was definitely good to see. And, you know, again, it's not like I'm acting like I just saw some nice passes. I posted a couple of clips and um, it's just my good to see. It's nothing that you have to go crazy for. My suggestion to this dude is simple. Whenever Giannis is doing extra work with Josh Oppenheimer, you are doing extra work with Josh Oppenheimer and Giannis. Like you should be there whenever Giannis is getting extra shots up with Oppenheimer, working on his game. You should be doing the same thing. Dude knows how to work with guys on jump shots, knows how to fix things. He's really good Oppenheimer. Uh, so highly suggest uh, that he figures that out kind of going forward. And we'll see how much he plays once the season starts. We're not into the preseason yet. Nathan Marzian, always fun, my friend. Uh, we'll do it again coming up on Tuesday night. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Have a good weekend. There you are. I'm Nathan Marzian on Twitter. I'm Nathan Marzian. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Download this lovely podcast uh, at on your Odyssey app or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.